Welcome back to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast, where we're going to talk Seattle Seahawks and everything good and lovely and delicious about our local team with your host tonight, Brian the Soul Man Solak. Surprise, surprise. How are you guys doing? Cue the applause. Where's the applause sound effect? <laughs> Oops. Doing yeah, right. I only had the intro sound effect there. <laughs> 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 What's going on, fellas? Yeah, another uh, day, another day, another day. I'm doing great. I just rewatched Things the are... Seahawks game from this weekend, and I'm super duper happy, fellows. Hey, four and zero, baby. Four and zero. How can we All be right. mad? How could we possibly have anything to talk about? And what could what could any of us actually pick apart about this team? Well, I'm gonna stay tuned. Stay tuned and find out. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did Go ahead. <laughs> there's there's a there's a lot of uh, of nitpickers and naysayers out there on the interwebs, that's for sure. And on the show, Abra- <laughs> Abraham, Abraham, since you brought that up, I'm going to start with you. It sounds like to me you were excited about what happened this weekend. I mean, personally, I mean, it was a win to win, but I, I wasn't too impressed with the victory. Tell me why you were impressed with the Hawks win over the Dolphins. Yeah, so actually I just watched it for a second time and I was trying to figure out whether I was overwhelmed, underwhelmed, or just whelmed. And I think I was whelmed. <laughs> I mean, I, I this was a victory. This was a win in which everything happened the way it was supposed to, the way the odds makers said it was going to happen. And that was cool and it was it was just kind of weird because it didn't have the same drama as the last three weeks. So I was just whelmed. Well, it was easier on the heart, though. I mean, the last the, this, the, the way we've been finishing games lately has been hard on the heart, let me tell you. So, so that's, uh, I mean, Russell Wilson, to me, I'm going to bring this up. I, I mean, he was effective, but I don't think he looked like the normal Russell Wilson. He seemed a little off during the game. I wasn't I wasn't terribly disappointed in the game. Uh, I I said in my podcast that uh, or the way I captioned um, my uh, my show was that Seattle looked human in this win over Miami. Uh, you know, because I mean we and obviously from the offensive standpoint, because you know we all know the the defense has been having its issues all season long. But um, offensively, you know Russell, you know Russell throws a pick. You know what I mean? And, and, and this pick was technically his fault you know the, the other pick you threw was off of uh off of brick hands Olsen you know so um you know and I say that only because he had that one brick hand play we know Greg Olsen has hands but um but yeah no he threw that ball I think it was going after Metcalf and he threw it he threw it a little bit inside and, and, and it got jumped by the defender that's a, that's a mistake on Russell Wilson but I say I, I, that might be his first bad throw of the season um you know and you know, we, we didn't look as powerful, as prolific on the opposite side of the ball in, in that Miami game, but still a convincing victory. So, yeah, I think I get what Abe is saying. He was just whelmed because, you know, <laughs> it was it was a decided victory, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, we are unstoppable, that kind of thing. Um, you know, but still decided victory. I wasn't worried. I, I need to – I feel like I need to point something out. Um, you're, you're making the statement that you felt like Russell was off and um, – he completed 24 passes for 360 yards and two touchdowns. Right. How, 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 how jaded are we when we what feel a like loser. That, that day? What a terrible I mean, quarterback that is. What, what our expectations, 
seem a little unreasonable when a dude throws 360 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. I'm just saying he was. Uh, he, he wasn't. I wasn't excited with his performance. Yeah, the stats proved proved me otherwise. But it hasn't. It wasn't like you know the previous three games. I mean, I I know last year I well, kept saying he, he had, my my whole excuse last year and how, you know when he kept playing well was he had God on his side. But this year is different. I. I he just didn't seem into the, you know, into it as maybe. It's, I, I don't really have that answer, Matt. But I, I just, don't, I wasn't really excited to watch him play this week. If I could, well, if, they, I, mean, you know what, I think it was, it was the interception. Well, the interception, and and you have to remember, he was playing at a historic level of ridiculousness these last the, the first three games in terms of his right. numbers. So he was going to come back down to earth a bit, no matter what, at some point. If I could offer a cogent paradigm, that means a good example, Matt. Um, oh, really? I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm when I'm at work, I'll take notes. <laughs> when I'm at work and I have a deadline and something's due by five o'clock on Friday or whatever, and I have to put in this superb amount of effort because I'd kind of slacked off earlier in the week, it can kind of look like a heroic event. But had I done the same amount of work and just budgeted time throughout the week and completed the same amount of work, it just looks like everyday ordinary business. And I kind of feel like that for this, this game. What I'm hearing is that apparently you only work one day a week <laughs> and you're, you're quite familiar with, with that style of working. That's what I'm hearing. The point is... <laughs> but anyway, you do make a good point about, about the football, but, but, but I just had to say that about you personally. <laughs> I, I was just saying, the point is, I think we were, I think we were just whelmed because it was a methodical win where things work the way they actually are supposed to work. And we played a full game rather than falling behind or something like that. You know what I mean? It wasn't very dramatic, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. You convinced me. Pedestrian. Pedestrian? <laughs> yeah, it was, it yawn, was yawn, 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 yawn. Just another win. <laughs> we do that all the time. <laughs> I'm going back to bed. I mean, a 10 a.m. game. Come on, I woke up early for this on a Sunday. Come on. <laughs> yes, 10 a.m. is early on a Sunday. Yes, it is. Uh, m- moving on, <laughs> I, I want to talk about our, our wonderful defense. How did we do against... Fitzpatrick and how did we do against the Miami run running game? I mean, what are your thoughts? Start with Matt. Oh, okay. Throw me under the bus first. All right. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I think, I think we did. Um, I think we did fairly good at shutting down the run game. I mean, you know, miles Gaskin, uh, Husky. <clears throat> um, so he was terrible. Um, as expected, what? Uh, no, he, he, averaged, he averaged four yards to carry, but, <laughs> but, uh, but and he, you know, he didn't, he didn't add up to much. He was, you know, anyway, um, I think we did okay. Stopping the run there. I just, I saw us put some, 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 uh, some definite pressure on, on Fitz, Fitzgerald. Um, not as much as I would have liked, uh, but it was more than I've seen in the past. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, I think we actually got one sack, which was amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in terms of the running game, uh, I think we did. I think we did pretty solid. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, they 
Miami, you know, obviously had to pass. They came from behind to try to catch up, but I mean, they still ran for well over 100 yards and averaged over four yards a carry. Yeah, the the catch was it was Fitz. It was Fitz himself. We didn't have a spy on him. He ran he ran six times for 47 yards. That's <laughs> kind of a yeah, lot. Yeah, he scrambled he scrambled out of more than a few few tight spots that where we where we where we put in pressure, but we didn't contain him that's kind of a lot for a for a harvard quarterback i mean that's not michael vick back there Uh, what's he running 47 yards uh because he can figure out the parabolas and the angles uh in his head oh yeah because there's many times matt there's many times where i see a quarterback whip out his compass and protractor and try to figure out how to slice the defense open come on this is a slide rule they get the guy's got so much air drag because of his beard you think that he wouldn't be able to run that far? Like, come on, the, no. You can calculate the drag coefficient of that beard and figure out exactly which way to run to get around the defenders. <clears throat> Harvard. I got, a, I, I got, I got to jump in real quick here on, on, <laughs> on the on the topic of, of how we how we played the run. I got to disagree. I think we played the run quite well. Um, they Miami didn't run the ball for well over 100 yards. They they ended up with 103 yards on the day. So um, I don't know if that qualifies as well over. And again, as you guys already stated, Fitzpatrick accounted for 47 of those yards on six yeah. carries. So, that, so that's where the average come, uh, shoots up. It had seven, seven, almost eight yards of carry for uh, Fitzpatrick on scrambles. Um, Gaskin was 10 for 40. So he, he hit the four. He hit the four-yard uh, mark. Um, Breda was three a carry. And and I think uh, Bowden and, and, and Howard were five and one, uh, respectively. But they only had three carries between them. So I think we we played the run quite well. Um, I think the number is skewed because Fitzpatrick was uh, you know doing his his Fitz magic stuff, um, and you know and he kind of pumped up the numbers a little bit. I have to yeah. I have if, you, to... if you cut him out, I mean then we, that we held the rushing attack basically. If you cut him out, we held the rushing attack to what fifty yards. Okay, but I mean when you're only yeah. running fifteen times with your running backs, when you only call that many running plays. I don't know if it's true and accurate representation of what a running game can do. And I'm still baffled. Four teams, none of them have decided to do the logical thing in pound, you know, ground and pound. They've tried to throw on this team because they see weakness in the in the defensive backfield, but there's no effort to to manage the clock by any of these teams. So I don't know if we can get an accurate reading on what this run defense is. I don't think it's necessarily all of that. I think it's also the fact that our offense is, is being so prolific and putting pressure on them immediately. They were, you know, they were down immediately, like from the get go and such a, such a amount of a lead. They had to switch to the passing game pretty quickly to try to catch up. I don't know. I and, feel like these teams and, panic. Well, yeah, they're panicking because they're the Dolphins and they're not managed or run very efficiently, but yes. Wait a minute. The Dolphins um, once went to the playoffs. Once? <laughs> In <laughs> the last 20 years, right? <laughs> yeah, probably once. Oh my God, I remember they tried terrible. to run the Wildcat for like three years after it was proven that it was ineffective. By the but way, yeah. Ronnie Brown, I had him for my fantasy team. Great fantasy player. Because oh, yeah, I remember yeah. him from Auburn. That's right. He would always run it uh, on on the goal line situations. Give me a touchdown. Yeah, but no, it was it was a worthless it was a worthless formation. That sounds like 
That sounds like TJ Duckett. I used to have him on my fantasy teams. Work done for the the Falcons would run it all the way down to the one yard line. They'd hand the ball to Duckett and he'd go in the goal. And I'd get all the <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> so, in your opinion, I mean, did we play well without Jamal Adams there? I mean, did, could we have used him? I mean, I, I know we won, but no. did, did we do well without him? Was there anything that stood out with the defense, I guess, I'm trying to say, since Jamal was out on – on Sunday, I think I think that uh, the we we looked very much the same as we have in the previous uh, previous three games this season. I mean, um, I mean, if you just look at the numbers, um, you know, uh, I, I think I, well for sure, um, uh, Fitzpatrick had the uh, the lowest uh, production in yards this season against our defense. Um, still throwing the ball forty five. I mean, every every quarterback this season so far has thrown the ball near fifty times against us um you know and Fitzpatrick had the lowest number of yards he had no touchdowns and threw two picks so um I think we actually you know all things considered played quite well again all things considered now we certainly don't look like a great secondary um and Jamal Adams certainly I'm, I'm sure would have would have uh, played a factor and and maybe um you know helped us out you know where where he obviously would um, but you know, we got Ryan Neal out there. I'm sure we'll talk about him later, but he's out there, you know, making the opportunistic play, putting big hits on players. Um, you know, I, I think we're doing what we do as the Seattle Seahawks franchise and, and, and next man up and make do with what we got and, and just find a way to win games. Fair enough. Yeah. So I, you're saying, go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just gonna say, I kind of agree with you uh, on this one, Rob. I, it's a matter, it's a matter of. Norton, the defensive coordinator, uh, Ken Norton, did not change up the game plan at all, and he decided to go ahead and use the players that he has and run the same defense. And that's and that's what I saw. And for some reason, they were actually better than they had been against the other teams. But I kind of chalk that up to Fitzpatrick is not a is not as good a quarterback as uh, Dak Prescott. He's not as good a quarterback as Matt Ryan, and that's that's kind of where I'm going with it. So I give it almost an incomplete grade. Without Jamal Adams, there's no pass rush on this team. And uh, I do want to see more of Shaquem Griffin. And hopefully this kid, Daryl Taylor from Tennessee, gets out there. I was hoping more from, uh, who's my guy from Syracuse? Robinson, right? I was hoping to see more from him last Sunday. Did not see it. Well, well that's, that's rookies, though. When you count on rookies, that's always a bad, bad idea. Don't forget we got... Max Harrison now on our practice squad. Um, that'll help. Tell, tell, well, let's jump to that, Matt. Tell us who he is. Tell us a little bit about him. Who is he's Matt? a big guy who plays defense on the line. <laughs> is he good against the run? Is he a pass rusher? What does he you like? Know, actually, does I'm he not, like uh, long walks on the beach, Matt? Harrison, yes. <laughs> and um, and Doritos. Likes, uh, uh, That's why they call him snacks. <laughs> he likes Doritos. He also likes Cheez-Its. And I've heard he's a, he's a, he's a favorite of, he likes red wine, not white wine. Um, I like the guy then. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just going to add to the, to the, to the last topic is, you know, did we miss Jamal? Did we miss Jamal Adams? Of course we missed him. You, whenever you lose someone, a superstar of that caliber, you're going to feel the get, the distance, you know, or the, the absence, I guess, whatever the word I'm looking for, um, from the lineup. And hopefully, knock on wood, 
Um, we don't lose him to a um, uh, drug uh, suspension because of the picture that he posted on Twitter and then deleted real quickly and then posted a replacement of. Um, <laughs> we'll see. But hopefully we get him back soon. And uh, and and yeah, we're we're gonna need him down the road, definitely. So I don't know. I don't know if we can count on Snacks Harrison. I mean, the guy, the the guy is uh, he was undrafted. First of all, where, where was he out of? He was out of some FBFC, yeah, some FCF school, and went undrafted. He's bounced around the league. Uh, William Penn. William Penn. I don't even know where the heck that is, um, but. Yeah, he bounced around the league. He was with the Detroit Lions. Went all pro. But come on, guys. Isn't there a reason why this guy hasn't been signed? There must be something that teams like the Vikings and the Cowboys said, nope. And teams like the Seahawks said, nope, until it's the fourth weekend. So I don't know if this guy is just, like, trying to eat himself out of the league. Or I don't know if, like, maybe he's just not hip on the whole playing during COVID, which is a fair, uh, you know, a fair argument as well, but I, it, I don't expect him to be a savior at all. No, no, I don't think anyone does. Uh, just, about, just, you know, add, add some depth some talented depth, hopefully, you know, what's Rob think about snacks? Well, I actually, had to, <laughs> I actually had to do a little bit of research about snacks. I wasn't, I wasn't entirely too familiar with him, but, um, from what I see, you know, he, he seems to have been, you know, uh, um, kind of a, a journeyman uh, interior lineman at this point. Um, he hasn't had outrageous numbers, um, you know, uh, in, in the tackle. I think his, his highest uh, tackle totals um, throughout his career have been, um, I think, what, let me look at it, I had it right here, is uh, 62, 65, and 69, and that's in uh, 2013, 15, and 18, respectively. Um, only a couple sacks in, in, in any, um, any given of his seasons. Um, so I think I think he's probably just a big body, which I think we might need. If he's a, he's a big, strong interior lineman, I said before, I think a lot of our problem on the on the D line is is us not getting that push in the middle. So I think if he can clog things up in the middle or push um, uh, offensive linemen into the face of the quarterback, I think it's going to do us a lot of good. Um, you know, with, uh, helping our edge rushers because uh, our edge rushers are getting around the corner. There, we just have nothing in the middle to you know to help them out. Um, so I'm looking to see, you know, uh, hopefully he can, you know, he's only on the practice squad now, but I imagine he'd be elevated before too long and I'm looking forward to see what he can do. I like what you have to say. Do you, do you think he could be like our next Brandon Meebane? I mean, I remember Brandon I will, Meebane. I, would love, I, we, I, think, I think we have been missing a Brandon Meebane, Meebane for, for a while now, or even uh, um, Red Bryant. Uh, what's the, a Red Bryant, yes. You know, somebody yeah. in the middle – who just who just pushes the middle of the line, um, and and yeah, I, I if we could get that going again, I'm telling you that that the the pass rush is going to is going to grow, you know, by leaps and bounds if we get that pressure in the middle. And when that happens, as a as a byproduct, the secondary is going to start to look better. That's that's what I'm standing on right now. That gets my stand. Um, I have to completely agree. We you know we we do like I agree with you that we do need to push in the middle. And his official his official designation his official position is listed as nose tackle, which is exactly what we need in our right. on our defensive line. And you know, like I was, the reason why I mentioned is adding depth to the middle of the line. Uh, we've you know I've been yelling about it for the past seven months, eight months. We need to add people to our like we like we had fourteen openings on our defensive line, 
and we had 23 offensive linemen that we signed, but we needed like 23 defensive linemen. Is this a, frustrating. Is this a damning statement then on Jaron Reed? Ooh, you know, it could be. Yeah, Jaron Reed has, I mean, if nothing else, he's he's left uh, something to be desired this season, right? I mean, really, even, even, you know, for the last couple of seasons. So, um, yeah, or, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe both these, you know, maybe, maybe this helps him out. Maybe take a little pressure off of him. Maybe he gets uh, the help he needs, take the, you know, and, um, you know, and that, that assist will help him, you know, become more, uh, more effective. But yeah, for, I have to say at least he's got to be thinking, you know, that he should be watching his watch. That's kind of what I'm thinking too, is because Reed and Ford are playing 60% of the snaps and that just isn't the Pete Carroll style. The Pete Carroll style is no. you play like 40. You have three guys playing, you know, one position on the defensive line, two go 40%, and then the third guy goes 20%. You know what I mean? It, it's a rotational defense, and we have not seen that. And frankly, uh, Puna Ford has, has in, in my opinion, outshined um, Jaron Reed. Um, so, For sure. you know what I mean? He's, he's – as supposed to be the he's supposed to be the heir apparent. He's supposed to be the the you know the the hard case on that on that uh, defensive interior line. Uh, I you know Puna Ford has come in and played quite well, so um, it's definitely uh, muddy in the water there. Right on. I like what you have to say. Um, let's. I want to move on to the running game for the Seahawks. Last week we talked about you know all of the injuries to Chris Carson and if we're going to see DJ Dallas more. Blah blah blah. Um, we all thought Carlos Hyde was going to be playing last week, and he he was inactive because he's hurt. I mean, with that said, Chris Carson played last Sunday, and he, he had a heck of a you know heck of a game. Was it wise to play Carson when he wasn't you know hundred uh, percent? I'll jump in immediately, and I'll say I think it was a dumb move. Um, I, I don't think we really needed to rush him back and, and get him involved in this game. And there was a hit that he took that made me really kind of seriously wince. And he kind of had to be, uh, there was a moment where he had to kind of be helped a little bit off the field. And was it was that, just like, was that play. the concussion one? Yeah. They were worried about a concussion yeah. or something. Okay. And, and, and I was like, I was like, why are we, why are we risking him in this game? I understand, you know, you still got to take everybody, every, every competitor, you know, uh, seriously, but the reality is, is that they are definitely a you know rebuilding team, and let's see what Dallas and Homer and and you know everyone can kind of come up with to cover for him. Give him a day off, give him a week off, and let him rest. You know, I just didn't see I didn't see it worth being the risk. Anybody I, uh, else? Go I, ahead. I, I was. Um... Uh, I, I tended to agree uh, leading into the game. Um, I was like, you know, let let Chris Carson rest this week, and if necessary, rest next week too. Well, I was concerned. I'm concerned about the long haul with our, you know, with our, our you know, our bell cow running back there. So happy with seeing him on, on the bench on Sunday morning. But this was before I realized that Carlos Hyde was not going to be playing. Um, and did I feel comfortable leaving the uh, the running game in the hands of DJ Dallas and um, Travis Homer? Not at, not at all. Um, so it was it was um, you know I was concerned going into the game, and then he went out there and he he ran his tail off 
Um, and it looked like that knee injury was maybe not even a big deal at all. So, um, and then I think what Abe mentioned the, uh, the hit he took, um, you know, where he got, he got, he got, he got lumped pretty good. And when he didn't get up, I was like, Oh God, it happened. It happened. I told you guys not to start him, yeah. <laughs> but, but it turned out where he, he just, he just took a, he just, he just took a big, uh, he took a big hit and, um, you know, it took him a second to get his faculties. And I think he fumbled the ball in that play as a matter of fact. Um, um, but, um, but you know, it, it all, it all worked out for good. So I think it's one of those situations where if it had gone wrong, it would have been, you guys are stupid, terrible idea to play him. You know, he was hurt, but it went right. So, you know, good move. And he, and we moved and we lived, we uh, lived and move on to the next, to the next week. How about you, Abe? I saw DJ Dallas with Miami hurricanes because apparently for some reason I end up watching more ACC football than I do any other type of football. And of course, and, <laughs> And I think he's superior to Travis Homer. Travis Homer has, he can pass block and he can run block. And that's why he's on this team. He can't run like DJ Dallas, not even back in college. And I really wanted to see five to seven carries by DJ Dallas. Only got to see two. Would have liked to seen a little more load balance on the carries. Why is that? I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I love watching Dallas, the videos that I've seen him. I mean, why why won't they give him a chance? Why are they so high on Homer? <laughs> I, I think Homer. I think Homer is a better pa- uh, pass catcher. They want to get him involved in the screen game. I think that's the theory. And yeah, like like Abe said, he's really good at blocking. So he has that mention. I I understand that. I just. I'm scared if if Carson goes down and if Carlos' side is, you know, not healthy. I, if we're down to Dallas and Homer, I mean, I, Dallas, Dallas should be, you know, running the ball. He should be in there more often. But I think you need to make a call, Brian. I am going to. Yeah, call, call, your buddy, call. call your buddy Pete. <laughs> I will. I, I, <laughs> I, I think it probably has a, a lot to do with the fact that, I mean, you know, Homer is probably a little more familiar with the system, so he's probably though you could say he's you know uh, got a, a, a stripe over DJ Dallas, I would say. Um, but to you guys' point, um, tra- I said in my podcast on about the, uh, Travis Homer, he I, I was high on I've been high on Homer since he's been um, since I've seen him run you know in a Seahawks uniform, and I was like, dude, as soon as this guy gets an opportunity to play, he's going to do some great things. And every time he gets in the field, I feel like he just doesn't see the field the way he needs to to be a to be a um you know uh, a, a, a high-end uh you know running back i feel like he just picks the wrong hole or he hesitates or when he should hesitate he doesn't and he rushes in and he just he's always i feel like he's always getting stuffed i feel like he, every once in a while he breaks free on a on a on a where he catches the ball out of the backfield or something like that but as a true running back i feel like he has just um you know he's he let me down and um conversely dj dallas um only with two carries, but he had, he had two receptions and two and two carries. And um, but with the ball in his hands, he just looked effective. I saw one run; I think it was a delayed handoff where he he got through the line, made somebody miss the line of scrimmage, and then changed directions and ran to his right. He just looked shifty. He looked good. He looked strong in his run. Um, I, I was like, wow, this DJ Dallas kid. You know, he he might be he might be the truth. You know, so. Um, yeah, Homer is like I said. He, he's he's definitely leaving me uh, leaving me hanging. <laughs> Excellent analysis. I, I, uh, sorry to interrupt you. I just want ahead. to say, like, doesn't do you guys think like he reminds you? Uh, I'm 
referring to Homer, of that, who was that kid that we had out of the University of Arkansas about six years ago? Alex Collins. And Alex Collins, yeah. Like, you know he's got it. You know Homer's got it. But it doesn't work in this offense. Yeah, I was going to say maybe it's a system thing, you know? Like, because Collins went to Baltimore and was immediately, like, awesome. Yeah, he's a thousand yard rusher immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, and and, and here he just kept running into the the offensive line. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just my thought. I I don't know. No, good good point. Um, I I know we discussed this last week, but any status update on Rashad Penny? I haven't heard. Do we know physically when he's going to be back? I heard he's still at the pinball arcade. <laughs> he's sitting well, there with, to get the heck out of there. He's there with Sony Michelle and uh, Kristen Michaels. <laughs> so nobody knows then. Nobody okay. Knows. Yeah, your guess is as good as ours. Uh, I think you know Pete likes to say, "Oh, he's just about back," and the reality is, is like he's not going to be back for a while. Um, I think he can return like in two weeks to our uh, to our practices, like. Because he got put on the PUP list, so okay. it's not the IR. So he, he he can't come back until like week six or seven, at the earliest. So no All matter right. what, we're stuck with what we've got for the next couple of weeks. Okay, fair enough. But um, Carson is you know something to settle on or hide when he's healthy he isn't something to settle on. I mean they're they're good they're good solid backs, but yeah. Okay, how about um, Abe? You mentioned earlier about Daryl Taylor from Tennessee. Is he is he healthy now? Is he coming? Is he going to be playing soon? That, do we know? That has not been progressing the way that the Seahawks wanted to progress. He is. You're looking at week seven or eight before he gets back, and it's kind of a good thing that we have a bye in the sixth week. I'm not normally a fan of a bye this early in the season, but with all the injuries right now, boy oh boy, is that is that needed? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll, I do one last question about the defense. We mentioned Ryan Neal earlier. I mean, are, are, are we happy with this play? I'm, I'm personally happy with this play after what, even two weeks, is he going to stick with the team once Adams is back? Are they going to put him, you know, is he currently on the roster physically now or do they have to cut him to put back, back on the practice squad? Do you know, I mean, are they going to keep this guy? I would, I would hope that they, I mean, you know, if you go, if, if, you know, Pete Carroll's, you know, his whole mantra or whatever is, is, is always, you know, is, is always compete, you know, and, and, um, and he's gone out there and he's, he's shown that he can at the very least make the opportunistic play. Um, I still, I'm going really big on that, on that hit that he put on Gaskin. I think it was in the second or third quarter on a, on a, on a, um, it was a, bit, it was a screen or, or maybe just a dump off. Um, but he, he really laid the wood on, on, uh, on Gaskin on that play. Um, I was actually kind of concerned he was going to get called for, a, um, you know, a hit on the defensive receiver, but, um, he's out there playing. I think, you know, they talked, he's got a lot of, uh, he's got a lot of, um, notoriety around the league just since, just since, you know, Monday morning, he was on NFL network. I believe it was talking about how he was ready to quit playing football because he'd been with this team and that team and that practice squad and this practice squad and been cut, uh, multiple times. And, here he is, got his opportunity, and he's made plays in his uh, in his in his first two chances, um, you know, in 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 live football. Um, and and I I like to believe that he's going to he's at least earned the opportunity to stick around. However, 
I do caution um, anyone who might be so high on him to be be, be wary of the whole, you know, um, uh, be wary of the, what's the guy who made the interception in the Super Bowl? Um, Malcolm the Brown? Malcolm Butler. Be, be wary oh, of Malcolm Butler. Butler. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Because the, Ma- Malcolm Butler made the play of his career oh, yeah. against our Seahawks and got Cash, a lot of notoriety. Yeah. And off the strength of that one play, he got himself a contract and, and everything else. And Malcolm Butler is an average corner at best. And I don't even know who he's playing for right now. So, um, you know, you know, Reed, uh, 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 Ryan Neal has, has made a couple great plays. He's looked good. I think his, um, I think his you know, uh, what do you call it? I don't know what, what the stat is called, but stat for just cornerbacks in particular, I think he actually has graded out very well. Um, but let's just let, – let's – Let's take it easy on this guy. All right. Let's let's see what happens. Let's see what happens on Sunday night. So I think okay. Malcolm Butler is at the same pinball arcade with Rashad Penny. Oh my and, God. and what you're referring to, Rob English, is Pro Football Focus's score, which by the way, these advanced metrics are for nerds. They're for dorks. They're for fantasy football players living in their mother's basements, eating Cheetos and drinking <laughs> Zima beer. So let me tell you, uh, me, yeah, no, these things are worthless. But by the way, my Zima God, he's got a he's got a yeah, better he's got a better fo- pro football focus score than Shaquille Griffin, Trey Flowers, and Quentin Dunbar. And so he scored out at seventy four, which is actually a little bit above average for cornerbacks in the league. Whereas Griffin's at a 64, Dunbar's at a 57, and Trey Flowers is a 38. But as I said, these advanced metrics, they're worthless. Are you talking about Butler <laughs> or are you talking about Neil? Talking about Neil. Okay, good. I was, I was just yeah. checking out, like, were those numbers? I wanted to make that clear. Yeah, um, and I don't know how I ended up with those numbers if I think advanced metrics are worthless. So just thought that ought to be known. <laughs> Um, yeah, he signed a five-year, $61 million contract with the Titans. $30 million of it guaranteed off that one play in the Super Bowl. No, Mr. Butler, I'm referring to. Um, he's still a Titan because they can't get rid of him. Um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, Neil, I, 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 I agree with, with with Mr. English, uh, I I I, uh, I have to agree. He's earned the right to play. He's he's putting up, you know. It's, and yeah, Pete Pete's big on you know competing. And and I mean, this dude he came up. He's making absolutely the best of, of his opportunity. He's he's making opportunity, you know, making uh, making plays. And and uh, I mean, you can't really. I mean, you don't get rid of the guy who's making the plays. I mean, you got to keep. <laughs> he's forcing us to keep him. I think you keep him on the roster. You find a way. Uh, by the way, right. Abe, I, you're talking. Abe, you're talking about those ratings. I, I'm rated higher than Trey Flowers, so just wanted to throw <laughs> that in there. Wow. <laughs> you know what? Hey, listen. Everybody is so mad about Trey Flowers. I, I just uh, look. I, I feel okay. Trey Flowers hasn't been great, mm-hmm. but I still I, I, I'm I'm holding out on condemning Trey Flowers at the corner position. I feel like, and I'm not talking about you guys specifically, maybe one or two of you, who knows, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like in Seattle, okay, over the past decade, okay, we have been, we have been treated to such fortune on the defensive side of the football, specifically with the, in the defensive secondary, 
that, you know, we, we, anything other than, than a, a defense pass or an interception seems to be uh, unacceptable. And I, I said, I talked about this on my podcast as well. I said, as, as, what, do you, what do you expect from a corner? A corner is a corner is doing is not only doing his job if he's picking off passes and knocking balls away. A corner is doing his job if he stays on top of his man and if he catches and when he catches the ball tackles him immediately and doesn't get beat over the top. If you do that as a cornerback, you're doing your job. Anything more than that is icing on the cake. And Trey Flowers, for the most part, does that. Now he, he his his tackling is isn't always the best, but we we've, we've dealt with that for a while with a few different uh, a few different um, uh, corners since. Since, you know, the great days of our Seahawks defense. But, you know, and everybody was mad. I was mad, too, when that ball hit him in the chest last week and it bounced up and into uh, what's his name from Dallas's hands and he ran 15 more yards. Yeah, we, you know, it's like there was your opportunity to, to get a little reprieve, to get a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of consideration from us who were all mad at you and you and you, and you blew it, you know. But I just, I just don't feel like Trey Flowers is so bad. We'd like to see him do better, but he's not so bad. He's as bad as Kelly Jennings. He's not as bad as Kelly Jennings. <laughs> he is as bad as I'm telling you, he's as bad as Kelly Jennings. And you will not you will not change my opinion on this. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone wants to. No. <laughs> uh, but before we talk about this Sunday night, real quick, uh, I saw on the internet this week, and you know the internet's always right. Uh, Michael Kendrick, <laughs> linebacker, is. They've been, supposedly been in talks with him. Are we excited if he comes back to the team? Well, it'd be nice to have a third linebacker on the roster. So why not? Yeah, sure. I liked I liked and, Kendrick on the team. I think I think he was a good uh, a good veteran presence um, in our in our linebacking core. Um, he certainly you know he certainly um, you know it wasn't groundbreaking, but he made some plays. I, I I like him. I like him there, and I like the pickup if he's going to come back and be at least as good as he was uh, before. Yeah, he's he's a solid addition because he gets because we don't have a third the third linebacker right now on our roster. I mean, we have BBK who's a special teams guy. We have Jordan Brooks who I'm not convinced can line or back, and. Cody, Who am I forgetting? Cody Barton's a he's a Mike linebacker, so he can't play. Yeah, Cody Cody Barton's busy doing other things because everyone else is hurt. So yeah, we need a third linebacker. And then Shaquem Griffin's is, is, is everybody. Oh, sorry, Abe. Is is, is everybody uh, in, in this call? Is everybody still as mad at Cody Barton? Is the rest of the uh, you know the Pacific Northwest seems to be mad at Cody Barton? I'm not mad. I'm not mad at Cody Barton, and actually, I'm not mad at Jordan Brooks either. Jordan Brooks is a rookie, got way overdrafted, but he shouldn't be in a position to having to defend Cam Newton in his rookie year. And that was a that was a horrible call to put him in the game. Um, Cody Barton, I'm not mad at him because there is talent there, but he can only he's a middle linebacker. He's the he can't play Sam or Will. He can't play the weak. And he can't play the strong side. I'm trying to make him trying to make him do it just because he did it once in college. Uh, it's a fool. It's a fool's errand. And then BBK is, is a special teamer. He's not, he, he's not going to be able to do it. So I, we need, we need Kendricks because somebody has got to, got to fill that position right now because none of, none of the other linebackers that we have on the team can do it. Shaquem Griffin's a rusher. He's not a, yeah, he, he's, he's yeah. Not I like Sam, him. Right? I like him rushing. He's, he's been, he's been effective in that. I like to see him more there. Well, yeah. I'm just, 
glad that nobody mentioned. I'm just glad that nobody mentioned the the missed tackle, uh, Cody Barton's missed tackle, because that's what everybody lost their mind about. When he had he had a hold of Matt Breida um, mm-hmm. on Sunday morning, and you know tried to spin him and rip him down. And when he let him go, Matt Breida just kept on running. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going to use your own, Mister English. I'm going to use your that. I'm going to use your own uh, your own words against you. And it's it's a case of I think people expect a Bobby Wagner out of Cody Barton, and there's just right. only one Bobby Wagner. Yep. The, the average Correct. NFL, the average NFL middle linebacker misses a tackle every once in a while, every game. You know, right. <laughs> the special player never misses that tackle. Right. Very good point. There's a reason hey. why Madden raised Bobby Wagner ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, Abe, I, that question that you gave us, if Michael Kendrick comes back, how I read it was, if, if he comes back, is that it for the HBK, you know, the heartbreak kid? <laughs> the heartbreak on Michael. kid. Um, I just to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know if Ben Burkirvan has what it takes to stay on, to stay on this team in the long run. I think there's just, I think they're looking for the replacement for him. And I think that's why they went out and got Jordan Brooks, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. <clears throat> uh, th- this Sunday night is our next opponent. The Minnesota Vikings are coming to town. They are one in, what are they, one in three on the season? Everybody expected them to be probably two and two or three and one. Four and are you, or even four and oh, are you guys worried? Um, okay, I guess I'll go first since no one else jumped out. Uh, I wasn't worried until they all of a sudden decided to wake up this last week, um, but even though they weren't really effective in waking up, I don't understand what's wrong with that roster. They're, um, they're just they're incredibly talented. Everyone likes to, to make fun of Kirk Cousins and, and slam him, but he's a solid quarterback, and, you know, he, yeah, he's not a superstar. But he's a solid quarterback, and he can get the job done. He's an Alex Smith, basically, part two, um, in my mind. And, you know, he adequate, gets the job done. Um, I, you know, I guess I guess if they, if they show up and they're firing on all cylinders, yeah, they, can, they, could, they could give our defense some serious trouble because they have the, the wide receiver I wanted us to draft, Mr. Jefferson, and he's he broke out this last game doing really well. And they have Adam Thielen on the other side. And they've got you know, they've got a, a Dalvin Cook as a running back. You know, they've got some they've got some pieces there that can really really rip up our uh, our, our defense. So I'm moderately concerned. Matthew Page, the reason why I didn't respond immediately is because I was biting my fingernails. Because ah. to quote the movie Dune from 1984, Father, the sleeper has awoken. And that sleeper is the Minnesota Vikings. I am terrified of this game on Sunday night. Uh, the home field advantage, we don't really get one because there's no, there's no crowd. They uh, won't I, turn up the crowd noise. And they won't turn <laughs> up the crowd noise for more than 75 decibels, which is, I think, just... Yeah, anyway, um, the handicap. I am really, really worried with what I saw from the Vikings this last week. I think maybe the first couple of weeks we're sh- getting the rust shaken off. Ooh, we're in for some trouble, guys. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, this game worries me. Um, you know, like you said, being at the clink, it's 
it's not the same because the 12s aren't there. Um, you guys are gonna, you guys over there are gonna have to yell really loud if you want to make it make uh, any false starts happen over there. So, uh, you know, uh, so that, that, that's 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 an issue. Um, my my issue, my thing is this. Um, you know, uh, Abe said it correctly. You, you know, the, uh, awakening a, a sleeping giant, right? But we know that Minnesota has the ability to to play big football. Okay. Um, Kirk Cousins is a is a good quarterback and i say good in all capital letters i won't say great but i'll say good in capital letters quarterback um and uh and dalvin cook can can i mean ruin your day and i think the 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 you know the the combination of those three things you know the sleeping giant who who, who might have just woken up you got dalvin cook who's rushing for almost six yards a carry right now oh no um and, then, <laughs> and yeah and then and then you got kirk cousins who you know, if you give Kirk Cousins time in the pocket, he can find a way to eat you up. And against this Seattle defense, if there's one thing that opposing quarterbacks are going to have, it's time in the pocket. So, um, you know, if we can't figure out a way to do what we've done so far and make this, make this uh, uh, Viking offense one-dimensional, yeah, it could be a long day or a night. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys. I mean, I, I, I think they're going to probably lose this Sunday, the Seahawks. I'm Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen at the whiteouts. Dalvin Cook is probably one of the top, if not three top five running backs in the game right now when he's healthy. Uh, I'm scared of this team. Their defense is not that bad. I know they lost their first three games, but I, I can see a, I can see them leaving the clink with a possible 31 to 27 victory. Um, yeah, you, you ignore their ignore their record. They're they're the they're the best team that we're, we've played so far yet this year. They are they are better than better than the Cowboys, better than the Patriots, better than the Falcons, easily in my mind. What about the Dolphins? Oh come on! I don't know. The Dolphins are pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty I mean, good. They're pretty good. Yeah. The Miami I mean, Pound. Like, they, they have like they have like one guy on their offense I can name. I mean, you know. Yeah, the Miami Pound <laughs> Machine is that is that what they're calling them now? <laughs> Uh, there's a question I, I, I hope, hopefully we'll have a good answer to you but what's the legacy of Kirk Cousins somebody convinced me does he have a legacy a at legacy? all what, in our pre, pre-show questions we have who is Kirk, what is Kirk Cousins and what is his legacy does he have a legacy Kirk Cousins is Tony oh. Romo I think, I think we all know the answer we all know the answer to Kirk Cousins legacy right don't we all know that, that answer is it RG three? No, <laughs> no. Tony no, Romo actually it, might it, be a good comparison. No, but Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins' legacy is you like that, you like that. <laughs> That's legacy right there. Yes, yes, true. <laughs> I forgot about that. True, true, true. Uh, That's it. That's Kirk Cousins' legacy. He, he he will vote. He will be in every historic NFL uh, films video. Yep. For that, for that, you know, for that outburst that, that he walked off the field. <laughs> that yeah, um, I think yeah, I think I think he's basically. Beside that, I think Tony Romo is a good comparison. Minus he's not going to go into broadcasting afterwards and be nearly as effective as Tony Romo as a broadcaster. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, Tony Romo, by the way, seriously, top notch broadcaster. It's fun to watch him list. He'll like he'll predict the next play, and it'll totally be that play. I think Rob English had it correct though. I think capital G, capital O, capital O, capital D. Kirk Cousins is good. He's good enough to win you a Super Bowl, to be honest. But I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't call him the guy that. You know, a minute twenty left on the clock in the fourth quarter, 
is going to necessarily win the game for you. That's why I compared him to Alex Smith. He, he he's a he's a very no, good I think, I quarterback. Think he's proven that, yeah, I think he's proven already that he's not that guy. But he but if you have if you give him a good supporting cast, you give him a decent defense, a good running game. I think I think he is he manage, the yeah. Russell Wilson that they tried to tell us that our Russell Wilson was <laughs> when we and we've been trying to tell you tell them all for the longest time that no our Russell Wilson is great. But that's who Kirk Kirk Cousin is the Russell Wilson that they all said that Russell Wilson was. Okay, so not good. Or not great, but good. The game manager. Yeah, he's the game manager. Yeah, he's a game manager. You give, you give him a supporting cast. That's why can, I compared him can, to Mr. And Smith. And he can, you know, not lose you the game. Right. He, he, can, he can not lose you a game, but he not can't necessarily win you a game. That's what that's what the supporting cast is for. That's what that's what Justin Jefferson's for. And Adam Thielen and, and, and um, Dalvin Cook and uh, I always forget their uh, – Kyle Rudolph. And real quick, real quick about Jefferson, I'm, I hate to admit it, but I give you props, Matt. You've been talking about him all year, and I'm now he, he has almost, four, almost 400 yards in receiving. He leads the team in receiving after the last two weeks. I mean, that's pretty damn good, in my opinion. Um, they never listen to me when I tell them to draft wide draft receivers. Every <laughs> once in a while they do with Lockett and, and Metcalf, but – well, we never listen. Don't. We don't listen to you either, Matt. So that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> oh, um, that was good. It's true. On. It's funny because it's true. Can this Minnesota Vikings defense stop Seattle? I mean, they're missing uh, stud. Was he linebacker Anthony Bard? Daniel Hunter is out. I mean. Without those two guys, can they still stop us? Thoughts on their defense? I'm not thoroughly convinced there's a defense in the game that can consistently stop us at this moment. The way Russell's playing and the way that you know we're, we're lined up and the play calling is it's going, we're on a roll right now. They can slow us down, but I, I'm not convinced we can be thoroughly stopped. Yannick yeah. has got four sacks, and he's been everything that – Everything is advertised. Yeah, so I'm I'm very worried about that. You know, so however Russell Wilson say again. Oh, I was just saying I'm worried about Yannick and Geekway. As you should be. Yeah, yeah, no, sure, sure. I mean, not that they don't have anyone back there, but I mean, I think it's going to take a defense at full strength to 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 stop this Seattle offense as long as we don't get in our own way. Um, you know, I think the offensive line is going to be uh, paramount in, in our success. And, and, and it has been, you know, the first four weeks of the year. Russell has been sacked. I mean, almost not at all, especially if you're going to consider how he normally gets sacked. Um, you know, so uh, if Russell has time in the pocket, you can expect more of the same um, from the Seattle team. And I think uh, we might see um, this game where uh, uh, the, the defense decides to sit back and try to you know stop these receivers from doing all that they, um, they all that they've been doing all year long, and um, and I think we might see the running game get big in this game. Yeah, you brought up a good point about the offensive line. Almost all the sacks I can think of have been ones where Russell Wilson had more than four or five seconds in the pocket, and it just you know they were covered sacks basically. Yeah, he held the ball. On, he held on the ball too long. Like, the, like all of them that I can think about, I was just thinking about the same thing. 
every single one that I can that I can remember, it was like, dude, why didn't you get rid of it? You had plenty of time. Even against Dallas, with, with, yeah. what's his face? The former 49er getting three sacks. That was, those are more coverage sacks. I'd say most of them were, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think Alden, Alden Smith, you know, he he might be a little bit of the of the uh, you know the the the, the oddity there. Um, I agree. Most of the sacks have been covered. Russell has been having time in the pocket. And I think he's been letting himself get comfortable, which is okay. Um, and you know, you you look down and you look up and you look down and you look up and you pump fake and then you look up again. And you realize you got nowhere to go. Um, you know that that that's I'm okay with that. Alden Smith actually I think worked us a little bit, and you because know, I mean he knows he knows this this Seattle team. He's been he's he's been doing it for a while against us, um, and, and maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe it doesn't. Um, I don't know that all Alden Smith sacks recovered sacks. Uh, I think he was just beating. I think he was just beating our our uh, our our, um, our our linemen. But um, but uh, but for the most part, yeah, a lot of these sacks Russell's taken this year are indeed covered sacks just because he has he's had so much time. It almost doesn't feel real. It doesn't no. even feel real yeah, watching Russell in the past so far this season. Now yeah. I get super irritated about it though. I, I get really irate about it. But then, you know, usually after the game, I just think it's been nine years. Russell's not going to not do that. So maybe it's my yeah. problem. Not <laughs> And and with all the, <laughs> with all the benefit that he offers, you kind of just have to put up with it, don't you? Absolutely. Yep. Russell going to Russell. Because what he's not doing, what he's not doing is, is, Making errant throws, yep. he's not forcing. He's not forcing passes into places where they shouldn't be. You know, he he takes a sack sometimes that maybe he shouldn't. Every once in a while, he runs back 15 yards and gets got. You know, and and that's no good. You know, but I mean, but what he doesn't do is turn the ball over, which we can only appreciate. Um, and and he he doesn't he doesn't take big hits, which which we can only appreciate. Hashtag RG3. You know, like you know, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you know. So you know, so he, Russell Wilson has played. Smart. I tell people all the time for the last so many years that the reason that makes Russell so good are all are the things that 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 you don't see on Sports Center, the things that you don't see on the replay. It's it, it's the it's the decisions he makes in his head. Those are what make Russell Wilson so good. Not to mention the deep balls and the and the and the and the tilt the world figure eight spin spinneroonies that he does and and and, and extends the play and makes you know magic happen. Those are all great. But it's the things here on the replay. That's why Russell Wilson is so great. That's why he's been great for so long. Is RG three and out? Is he down at the pinball arcade with uh, Rashad? Tell me, somebody. <laughs> I think somebody's, somebody's, somebody's been. Yeah. Oh, he's with ba- he's with Baltimore. I forgot about this because Baltimore has the Heisman backfield, don't they? Do they? Yeah, Baltimore they've has three Heisman. They've got Ingram. Dobson, whatever his name is, J.K. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's right. and they got RG3. Yeah, they had like four Heisman Trophy winners last year in the backfield on one play. <laughs> <laughs> um, looks like we got a few more minutes left. Do you mind if I ask a couple NFL questions? We got time? Uh, no, I, I we, we, we mind heavily. I thoroughly this being, mind. This being a sports show, how dare you ask sports questions? But I was, but I was told that, that I would be asked questions and I would answer them. Yeah, so. here we go. Here we go. Matthew Page. Will Matthew Page stop sending us updates of, of Justin Herbert? No. Anyone? No, he's irritating. He'll keep doing that. No. No, I will keep doing it. You guys need to watch the next Chargers game to get a chance to because uh, I actually I don't – I'm not happy about this. He, he was uh, named the starter officially this morning. 
And I'm not happy about that because I really think Tyrod Taylor still deserves the team um, and shouldn't lose the job because the doc team doctor punctured his lung. Mm-hmm. Uh, By but, the way, it's not San Diego. It's L.A. Chargers now. Whatever. It's, say San Diego, <laughs> everyone knows what I'm talking about. And, and the Chargers, okay? I catch it. They are. He does all the little things that a good quarterback really should. And uh, I, I had I watched his debut, and then again this week, and um, I have to say I'm thoroughly impressed with the with the rookie. And and you you guys should really check him out. And yes, I know, I'm pushing an Oregon player. A big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you should be happy for him, and you're here. You don't want him to I, start. I, I ordered a I ordered a Herbert jersey, powder blue. All right. Oh I'm yeah, rooting. For, I'm rooting for the Chargers to win and Herbert to lose. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll second that, Abe. <laughs> um, how about will Matthew Page admit Joe Burrows isn't half bad? No. Come Why? on, Matt. Matt, <laughs> have you do you watch non Justin Herbert games in the fo- in football? Like, I mean, what more does this kid need to do? For you to admit that he deserved being number one overall pick. Um, win a playoff game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, when was the last time Cincinnati ever did that? Uh, three years ago? No. Really? Yeah. Did they? They've, won, they, 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 they've, they've made it one game into the playoffs, at least one. <laughs> in the last decade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and it and it, and and by the way, none of it was Andy Dalton's fault. Yeah, but, I like but, I like Andy Dalton. I do too. Um, one la- one last question I'd like to ask: uh, Bill O'Brien, the coach of the Houston Texans, was fired this last week. I mean, were you shocked? This guy won several division titles. No, I wasn't shocked. Uh, right. I'll, I'll keep. I'll continue answering first. I was not shocked at all, and it was time. And he was way, way over his head being the GM as well because of the questionable moves and trades that he made in the offseason that were very, very clearly bad deals. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. I think, uh, I think we talked last week about, you know, um, I can't remember who we were talking about in particular, but you know, when you when you fail to get your team over the hump, uh, they're they're going to make a move from you, um, and 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 uh, oh, I think that's it was the Bengals. It was Martin Lewis. Yeah, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, we talked about that. But I think I think actually yeah. I used Marvin Lewis as an example to who yeah. we're actually talking about. But but yeah, but no. But the the case remains the same. Like you know, they they've been they've been kind of just floundering right about that. Okay, we're on the cusp of a playoff team, not playoff team. You know, never really you know, moving forward at all. And, and so I know it doesn't surprise me at all that, that you make a move there. Um, and, uh, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. Cause he took a team to the playoffs a few times and won the division a couple of times. And you would think that it would earn you something. And it does. It earns you one more year, you know, and then, <laughs> you know, and, and then you got to do something better. And so, um, yeah, it's unfortunate, but I'm not surprised at all. What about you, Abe? Uh, Bill O'Brien, is is he's a college coach remember when nick remember when nick saban went to the miami dolphins he went into the dolphins and he tried to run a college program with guys who are making 10 times more money than he is doesn't work 
about the only guy that can make that work is Belichick. That's about the only authoritarian dictator type who can who can make it happen. Bill O'Brien, weird, weird, strange GM moves. He should have never been the GM. Again, the only head coach in football that can make that work is Bilicek. It's he was in over his head. And I, I think maybe going back to going back to college would be a good good idea for him. Yeah, the DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals trade was particularly like what? Well, who was the offensive lineman that he sent to Miami for basically peanuts? Tunsil. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then he sent. Oh, no, uh, no, he got him from. He got him, got him from Miami. Oh, okay. He sent, he sent them like two first rounders for Tunsil. Oh, he overpaid then. Okay. Yeah, he way overpaid. But uh, but Dwayne Brown, he sent to us, and oh, it's for like, nothing. Yeah, for nothing. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and then they, he gave us Clowney for nothing. And then he gave, uh, yeah, and then he gave away Hopkins, and and in the process of giving away Hopkins, he he took on um, that running back's huge salary, David Johnson. Yeah, David Johnson and his huge salary that's absolutely not worth it. Yeah, I the, the guy doesn't know what he's doing, especially as a GM. Yeah, he shouldn't have bad GM powers. Dude. Sounds like ownership there sucks too, just like the Red Sox. Just saying. <laughs> The ownership there, uh, I believe uh, the owner died and his son took oh, over. I'm sorry. And it, okay. Yeah, yeah, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the uh, owner died and his son took over, and I think this is now like the perfect time for his son to say, you know what, start, start fresh. Bill O'Brien did win some division championships, but let's face it, that division up until last year was awful. Um, last yeah, year, the Colts couple. had to rebuild, and so there was no one else in the division, basically. Yeah, uh, Tennessee finally got better, uh, but it, it was it was time. And didn't he wasn't he the guy that built the Rutgers uh, team into like a power? Was that uh, Does that sound right? That I think that was, was him. Marone. I thought Doug Marone. I thought Marone, the coach of the. Tampa, or okay, not Tampa, was, Jacksonville. Was O'Brien at Boston College? He was at some team in college that did really well, and I think that's kind of where he deserves to be. And Penn State, Penn State, College, I believe. Yeah, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and that's the whole thing with Nick Saban is like, you know what? There are very few Pete Carrolls in this world who can do well at both levels, and uh, yeah, stick with what stick with what you're good at. Well said, well said. Uh, before we wrap it up, I want to give some shout-outs. I'll, I'll start. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the Seattle Storm for winning their fourth WNBA title. I mean, props to them. Absolutely. And then and then I also want to give a shout-out to the Atlanta Braves. I'll be rooting for you against the L.A. Dodgers next week. <laughs> hey, for the record, uh, the Dodgers haven't clinched it yet. It's the bottom of the seventh, and they're only up by five points. Well, you know they're going to clinch it. And there's I no, do want to thank you guys for your feedback today. I appreciate it. There's no points in baseball mats runs. You, <laughs> you guys have, it's all the same. You guys have shout-outs before we goals. close it out? Okay, they're up by five goals. Hey, Rob, Rob, do you have a shout-out? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give one quick shout-out to our very own uh, DK Metcalf, who, uh, along with um, 
uh, along with uh, Diggs, um, uh, is actually leading the league in receiving yards. So uh, I think that's a big deal for any Seattle receiver. I just, just, I mean, even just a Seattle receiver ever even reaching a thousand yards in the season is a big deal. But actually leading the league in receiving yards, that very rarely happens. I couldn't tell you the last time it actually happened. So shout out to DK Metcalf. Awesome, right on. Not, not bad for a pedestrian wide receiver. Anyways, exactly. what about what about you, Matthew Page? Uh, I don't think I have any shout outs at the moment, uh, I, other than Justin Herbert for congratulations for winning the starting job, as we all knew you would. I got a uh, shout at, at, at the Los Angeles Chargers. I think did I get that right? Los right. Angeles, the Carson yes. Carson City Chargers. Uh, I got because a because they have an amazing they have an amazing stadium. If you if you have a chance, check okay, out. Okay, that's the enough. That's enough of the Oregon Ducks talk. Um, <laughs> shout out to the SoCal Seahawk, Rob English, and his podcast, which you can find Absolutely. on Podbean as well. Check check out the reshares on SeattleSportsUnion.com, at SeattleSportsU on Twitter. And uh, I believe, Rob, you're also on Spotify? On Spotify as well. Yep, you can uh, search me. The podcast is called Short Yardage. Check it out. Excellent. Yeah, th- thank you, Rob, for uh, for joining us and putting up with Abraham. And, uh, and, and, and yes, and, thank uh, you. <laughs> of course. All right. <laughs> this was the Seattle Sports Team Podcast. We'll check you out, guy. We'll check you guys out next week. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night. Go Hawks.